Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 110 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with previous guests. That is such a crazy story that really kind of shows how quickly life changes. David Vu from episode 82. Welcome, David. Thanks, Johnny, for having me, my man. It's a, it's an honor and a privilege to be on your podcast again, um, for sure, my man. So it may sound like we are now best friends, but if you guys listen to that old episode, actually, please listen to that before you listen to this. If you have no idea who he is or if you don't follow my, my blog, because it is such, it, it's going to be so different. On that episode, you're going to hear me being like probably colder to, to David than any of my previous guests because I didn't know who he was. I didn't trust him. I haven't met him in person yet. And now we are sitting there. <laughs> we are in Koh Lanta, Thailand, and we're actually sitting on a lake right now called uh, Tung Yi Ping. It's a little fishing lake, and we're actually fishing. <laughs> so we definitely became best friends over time. Yeah, so this is... Um, first ever podcast that i've done at least <laughs> maybe maybe first ever in general uh while we are fishing and we don't just have one rod out how, how many do you have set up uh i think we got like six out man we got like three people so yeah <laughs> we got quite a few <laughs> so if we don't catch a fish during this episode it's we embar- suck embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Uh, so actually we went uh on a two-day fishing resort tour of yeah we, we stayed we went on a two-day trip to one of the world's best fishing resorts and we didn't catch anything yeah man we, we, we fished for actually two full days and it was actually pretty embarrassing and demoralizing you know not to catch anything but regardless it was really relaxing and we still had a lot of fun man all right so this episode is not gonna be all about fishing uh <laughs> it's gonna be about the freedom of time and money to be able to go fishing which is david's hobby or to scuba diving which is now his new hobby yes uh or travel or knit or you know do muay thai or whatever it might be um and even though like that that fishing trip to be honest was way more money than i was ever 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 planning on spending on fishing i think we spent 450 bucks each on over those two days to fish which is insane if you think about it you know and we did it on a tuesday we did it on monday and tuesday so we missed two days of work to go pay a lot of money <laughs> to, to go fishing like most people back home can't do that yeah that's I mean, true and like did you always have this freedom no 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 definitely not man it wasn't until maybe about four or five years ago you know um, when I started making a lot more money and then not, not just the money but being able to free myself from you know being a slave to my job or being a slave to my business you know and um, just outsourcing and um, you know having the freedom to, to do it the one thing that I noticed about David when I started hanging out with him here is he did not work at all, <laughs> like pretty much zero. And out of all the location independent entrepreneurs, I know all the digital nomads, I know we all work, you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, the 
the more free ones, you know, they never work weekends. But there's a lot of people that work seven days a week. You know, they're really glued to the laptop. Some people, you know, a lot of people work at night even. Yep. So even though we have the freedom of living in a place like Thailand or wherever we want, most people, they're still tied to the computers because either they have um, clients in the U.S. or, you know, in a different time zone that they need to manage or they have... Uh, are like freelance work that I need to do or just their businesses and that hands off and even me I mean I still you know try to wake up uh, at a normal US time so I can catch people before the end of business day in the US so if I need to call them uh, I can and I'm very fortunate that I only really have to work you know for an hour in the morning and then I can go do whatever I want yeah. or I can work on creative projects but David has it seems like you have like unlimited freedom yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's not always like this. I, I mean, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. There are, you know, certain seasons and months where I hustle seven days a week, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, you know. But I like to have somewhat of a balance where I do recharge myself by taking, you know, a full month, two months off and just pretty much not working at all. So that way when I get back, I can get back on the grind, you know. But, um, you know, the reason why I'm like this is because, uh, you know, way back in the days when I started my early entrepreneurship career, uh, I had a, had some mentors tell me that, David, you know, whenever you have a business and you're always working, you know, on your business, you don't really own a business. The business owns you. You know what I mean? And if you can't have the freedom to leave for two weeks, three weeks or a month, then you're a slave to your business. You know, so a, a real business truly, if you will break down like, you know, the big entrepreneurs like Mark Cuban or Richard Branson. Right. I mean, they own hundreds of different businesses, but they're not always there. And the true definition of a business, in my opinion, is when you can actually leave for a couple of weeks or even a month and come back to your business and your business has actually grown in spite of you being there. So that's the true definition of a business when you don't have to be there, but your business still continues to grow. So that's what I try to emulate. And that's why I force myself to take these nice vacations and, and leave. So that way, you know, my, my hires, my, my, my employees uh, people that I outsource the work to can take over and grow the business for me, you know? I like it. And to be honest, it's really inspiring me. Uh, and it's kind of made me look at my you know, my business. And I realize compared to what it was before, I'm so happy, you know? Instead of, you know, I can add the freedom of location. I can do it from anywhere. Yeah. I have freedom of time in most cases, you know? I, I, can, I can leave, you know... For example, you know, if I want to take a four-day weekend whenever I want, I can. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. But at the same time, it's always kind of the back of my mind. I'm just like, yeah. you know, if I don't check that email, in the, you know, at least once every other day, what if something happens and no one else is there to take care of it? Right. And even now, I only get calls or emails uh, from things that my, my VAs can't handle or my customer service person can't handle. But now I'm thinking, you know what? Why not take that next step and mm -hmm. say, let me make it so I don't have to handle it at all. Yep. So I can go do things that I've wanted to do. I want, I, I want to go trekking. I want to go to Nepal. Yeah. There's no internet there, you know, and it's like a two week trip and I can't do it, you know? And I, I feel like, I feel like a slave now. Right. Right. Uh, so I think, you know, what you, I've learned from you hanging out with you for these last 30 days on this <laughs> island, uh, is and it's that it's possible. But, and I actually, to be honest, I assumed you were like this your whole life, you know, cause Ever since I've known you, and it feels like I've known you for a long time now, but the the actual timeline is I messaged David a little bit less than a year ago, probably eight months ago, and I said, hey, uh, I see you're you're doing well on, on, on your course, um, you're, you know, and you have all these testimonials, can I have you on the podcast? I, I want to ask you some questions. Yeah. And it took you about three months to even come on my podcast. <laughs> 
Uh, and then when David did, if you guys have heard it, I was very cold to him. I was kind of like, I didn't really, I was very skeptical, you know? <laughs> and it wasn't that I was skeptical of David. Uh, it's because I didn't know him. Right. But also because eBay arbitrage is one of those things that you, you've heard, a lot of people have heard about dropshipping on eBay or Amazon or wherever it is. You know, you hear about it and you're like, you know what? And you have all these negative things. You know, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, it doesn't work or, you know, all these reasons. And honestly, I fell for that too. You know, and part of it is because I never met anyone who's actually been successful with it. Number two, it's almost sounded a little bit too easy. Uh, but when I had you on and I asked you the hard questions, yeah. you would just answer them. You're like super open about it. And you're like, yeah, you know, it's not like, you know, you're not building a, like a, like a long-term, you know, business that you're going to retire off of. This is like a Cash way. Flow, yeah to make money pretty quickly, pretty easily without any, any upfront um, investment. And I think when you kind of openly just talked about it and said, look, like I'm not, you know, this isn't like the end all. This is just one way that you can start making a couple hundred bucks a month. And uh, for some students, they're making, you know, thousand, what, $2,000 a month. What are your best students doing now? Uh, actually the best students that I know of, because it's funny, because once they start making really big money and their, their business is growing and getting busier and busier, I actually don't even hear much from them at all. Cause they're so busy, which is, which is really good. But I've had students report, you know, over 10,000, the highest was actually $14,000 wow, a month. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, and that was the last I heard from them. That was a few months ago. So, and these guys are treating like a real business. Oh, right? real business. And they were one of my, my early adopters in the course. So okay. they, 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 they started the course one, maybe about at least a year ago and they probably hit that 10,000 plus mark maybe eight nine months in you know wow, okay. so, but yeah so it's they, definitely they put grown. in the work they're doing oh it. yeah they, okay. they grinded it out just like i did when i first started what do you sure. think some of their secrets are why were they so successful while while other people are making like let's say let's say they're making 700 bucks a month what's the difference between that guy and these guys i i believe and i i, I study it's it's interesting because even though they're my students i study them too you know and see why are they so successful and why are you know a lot of other students are not successful and it really boils down to one thing and it's basically you can either make excuses or make money, but you can't do both, you know? And the students that are super uber successful, they're just relentless. They just have this ambition, this drive that no matter what it takes, they make it happen and they find the time to do it no matter what, no excuses, you know? And, and, and it's cool because I, I get to hear their story and talk to them and, and that's what it is. And other students that, that aren't so successful or are as successful as them, uh, they're always the ones that, oh, I can't do it because I got kids. Oh, I, I can't put in that much time because I got my job, you know. So, but that's that's the biggest difference is no excuses. Man, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I, you know, for a long time, I was one of the, the star students in Anton's dropshipping course. And because I was making between like three and $5,000 a month. Nice. And I still am from it. And I'm very happy with that because it's been pretty much passive. Right. But now there are people who are making a lot more than me. Yep. And I study them. I'm like what are these guys doing differently than me? And it's because of exactly what you just said. They don't make any excuses. You know, my excuses are, oh, I have other businesses I want to I run or I have other things I'm interested in. Uh, or I have, um, you know, this, I have the time zone difference, you know, where it's like, it's, you know, I'm, it's inconvenient for me to, to like call suppliers in the day. I don't want to do yeah. it. And these guys, they're just like, well, okay. You know, they, you know, I'm sure they acknowledge it. You know, they're not just oblivious to it. But they just find other ways to do it. They're just like, all right, well, I can't call suppliers during these times. You know, what can I do? Yeah, you know, maybe exactly. I can batch it and just call them like once a month or yep. something. Maybe I can hire um, someone in the U.S. to to answer the calls from, or maybe I can get a business partner in the U.S. Maybe I can do something yeah. else. So there, I, what you said really makes sense because there's always there's always a workaround. Yep. Uh, 
but it's so easy for us just, just to have an excuse to not do it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You know, and the other biggest difference is just they take massive action. You know, not just little action, but I'm talking about all out, you know, A-O-M-A, all out massive action. That's that's it. That's all it, that's all it was, you know. So that's the yeah. biggest difference. I can see that. Uh, <clears throat> and thing, But I also want to say that, like, for, for people that, that want to make, you know, the big, big bucks and they are – willing to commit to taking super massive action to put all of it in have no excuses it works 100 percent uh but also for people who are happy just you know say i just want some side income i want you know i I really don't want that much responsibility i don't want to take massive massive action i just want to take enough action where i can you know i can go to thailand and not ball out in a suite on on the beach i just want to go like i'd be happy just to you know stay in dorms i'd be happy to travel on the sheep and the thing is, that's okay too. But I think what what people need to realize is they got to stop making excuses yeah. either way. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the the majority of the success stories in my course are those people. You know that, that, and those are the ones that I'm actually more excited about. You know, that make five hundred to two thousand dollars a month. You know, it's not life changing. You know, like where you know they're going to be a baller, but it, it definitely helps pay the bills and helps yeah. gives them the, the options to do extra things that they normally could not do without that income and. But and, I I, and, I yeah. argue that it is life changing because having that extra money, not not only does it give them you know some savings, yeah, true, uh, but also gives them vacation fund, yeah, and more importantly, it gives them peace of mind knowing that if they ever wanted to quit their job or they got fired or the company went bankrupt or whatever it is, that they know that there is another alternative. Absolutely, yeah, they don't be they don't have to be stressed out, you know, yeah. and uh, they still have income coming in. Yeah, yeah, I, so agree. I, I think of the lack of stress and having um, savings or like extra income. To me, that's freedom. Yeah, you yeah, know? 100%. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's crazy, though, that like when you're broke and you're worried about paying rent or f- you know paying for your food or paying a credit card bill, it sucks. It sucks so bad. And that's like the opposite of freedom. You yep. know? That's like being you know, shackled. You know? But I think once we can pay off everything, we have enough uh, money in the bank so we can, you know, if, we know, if we know if we have to, we can coast for a few months while we get our things back together. We have the skills where we know we can, you know, in, the, in three to six months, we can get our businesses back. That's ultimate freedom. Yep. And I, but I almost feel like any money on top of that, it has diminishing returns. Have you have you felt that at all? Yeah, I do. You know, I hundred percent agree with that because I mean, you know, here I, I've heard your story and you've heard my story. You know, we got, we all came from humble beginnings and we were broke way back in the days and struggled like crazy. You know, so you know, I'm glad we all went through that because now we appreciate it more when we do have the income and the money and the lifestyle. But yeah, I definitely agree with that, hundred percent. And I don't I don't think either of us even spend that much money. No. No, we don't. We, you know, we, we, we can be, we're most of the time we're frugal, yeah. you know, but then, you know, we like to splurge on nice restaurants here and there and, you know, and do uh, more experience, experience things than, than, than anything not buy materialistic things, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, like we're sitting here, I mean, we're paying like 10 bucks to go, go fishing. <laughs> um, well, Thailand's so cheap, bro. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can I mean, overspend here if you want. H- how much is the outfit that you're wearing right now? Cause you bought all this while traveling. Oh yeah. Right? I got the shirt. I think, uh, it was like a hundred baht. And then, three dollars. Uh, yeah, three bucks. And then these shorts. Well, these shorts are at home. The only thing I bought was a shirt, pretty much, and okay. sunglasses, which is another like two hundred baht, six bucks. And yeah, yeah. that was it. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so we're really not spending very, very much money. Um, and other people are, are freaking balling out. I actually met like a really nice, you know, couple that they, you know, they stay in two hundred dollar a night hotel rooms. And I'm like, in my mind, and they're like, oh yeah, it's not that much. You know, it's pretty good value. I'm like, two hundred US? That's crazy. Yeah. Like, especially because. There are great options here for for way less than half of that, for like 50 bucks or something, right? You can get like a nice place. 
you know? Yeah. Um, well, we're staying right now. We're staying at a, a resort, and we have, like, an ocean view right next to the water, you know? And it's typically, you know, uh, more than what most people would spend around here anyways. I think we're paying, like, $88 a night, which is on the high, a little bit on the high side. But if you compare that to anywhere in the U.S., you know, there's nowhere in the U.S. that I can think of that you can stay next to the beach, you know, with the ocean view for $88 a night. You know, so includes it, breakfast too, right? Yeah, and includes breakfast. Exactly, yeah. So when you compare anything here to the U.S., the value is always going to be 2x to 5x, you know, for sure. But I think it also kind of shows, like, if you're here for a few weeks, you know, you, you'll pay nightly. And, you know, and usually when you're paying nightly, it's going to be, you know, let's say... 30 to 80 bucks a night or something yeah. depending on where you stay um, but once you start staying monthly at places you can negotiate you know it, it's, it, well it's not even negotiation it's just, it's just cheaper yeah like it ends up being like you know I'd say you can get like a really nice place well in Colorado it's a lot more expensive but uh, so here let's say it's a thousand dollars a month you know or let's say you want to ball out you can get a place for two thousand dollars you know um, versus people you know paying that nightly hotel rate for you know 200 bucks right right um, but I, th- I think what I'm trying to get at is even if you have the freedom of money, that doesn't necessarily mean you should just spend it. Right. No. <laughs> you know, if you use your freedom of location uh, and you can stay here for, for longer, for a month or longer, then you really, really start arbitraging uh, that, that savings. Big time. Yeah. You know, for the free, it's called, you know, the, the four hour work week, it's called the freedom multiplier. You know, and then even for us, uh, we definitely, we've been arbitraging almost everything. I mean, uh, oh, I got a fish. Oh, oh we, we, we got a fish. Is it uh is it on the hook? Nope. No, I think I jumped off. Never mind. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let the bait go. So freedom, yeah, I was got excited for a second. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. No, but um, going back to the arbitraging thing, yeah, it, a few days ago we went to go get some dental work done, and it was crazy because I was just sitting there calculating the prices, the savings that we saved on our dental work was the cost of the flight ticket here. You know, it's just, it's just mind blowing. You know, <laughs> like my girlfriend saved thousands of dollars on these crazy uh, fillings that she had to get done. So it was pretty, pretty cool. So pretty much, th- this trip vacation paid for itself. Yes. Just because of the medical tourism. Yes, exactly. You know, and then on, on the food, I mean, we, we we you know even though we splurge, I mean, uh, the amount of money we would spend at home on food would be just so much more here. You know. Well, here's the thing: is even though we crazy. do splurge, pr- like very often, pretty much every night we've been going to nice restaurants, but for like let's say like breakfast is included uh lunch we just eat like normal thai food yeah it's like you know three two, bucks or two something. bucks three bucks yeah and then when we do want to go out and we've been going out pretty often just because man colanta is like surprisingly good food yep. we've been balling out at the <laughs> best places we've been going to uh just we basically spent on TripAdvisor. we're like what are the top 10 restaurants yeah, yeah. and just go there every night uh so there was one uh, call that we've been going to pretty R- much all the time called Red Snapper, and they are like Spanish style tapas. Yep. And I remember every time we would sit down, we would order like seven or eight plates, and they were they're good. Yep. Yep. Like they would give you uh, they have these like honey glazed ribs that come with an entire pickled <laughs> garlic, and they have like uh, like cured duck breast yep. prosciutto over salad, and I don't know it just it's just really good food. And we were talking and we were saying, the, I mean, we can get the same quality food in Huntington Beach but or in California, but how much would that cost us? Three times more. Yeah. Easily, all day long. I mean, these are the restaurants that like you would save up for a special occasion. Oh, fish, fish. All right, David is grabbing a fish in. And the thing is, like, 
you would end up spending, let's say, two, three hundred dollars uh, going out, you know, with a group of friends easily, and you would only use it for like a special occasion. But here, I mean, like it's it's pretty much just like any random night we just go out and we're just like, oh yeah, you know, we have a group of friends, we, we have nothing to do, you know, everyone's worked hard all day, so why don't we, you know, just go and hang out and enjoy each other? All right, I'm back. Sorry, sorry to your audience, man. I knocked over, the, I knocked over my chair. I jumped out of my seat. We had a fish on, but we lost it. <laughs> you know, that's that's life, right? That's why it's called fishing. You yeah. get some. Uh, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. So. <laughs> and so the other uh, place we went to. What was your second favorite restaurant on island? I would say Yang Garden. Yeah, Yang Garden. That was uh, number one, rated number one in TripAdvisor. It's like Australian food. We had like Australian grass-fed beef sirloin. That just like melted in your mouth the moment it touched your palate, you know. <laughs> so we're gonna make your listeners salivate. <laughs> oh, it was, it was so good, and it's it's run by you know all like Swedish staff, and yep. like it's, when you were there, you actually forget that you were. In oh yeah, completely, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. You know, and they're the best sides ever. They had like, oh, I, I can't, you know, I didn't even have the menu in front of me, but it was so good. <laughs> and tonight we're going to a place called the Table. Yeah, which I'm really excited about. I haven't been there yet, but I like the concept. It is one large table that seats like 15 people. And you're only allowed to bring a few friends because they want you to mix and mingle with others, with people you don't know yet. The socializing dinner, yeah, super cool yeah. concept. Uh, they only have one seating per night, so it's every night at like seven thirty. You start. They tell you to come at seven, so you can have some drinks, meet people, and then start serving food at seven thirty. And it's a set menu. They don't even tell you what it's going to be. They just start cooking for you. They start bringing out meals. <laughs> uh, and you know things like this, like we have it in Austin, we have it in California. But it's so much more expensive that like it's really only someone's for someone's birthday, right? It's know? like a super spe- special occasion, absolutely. So I feel like that's almost kind of like an arbitrage. That's like a, a happiness arbitrage, where instead of waiting for a special occasion, we can make every night a special occasion. Here. Yeah, totally, man. I definitely 100 percent agree with yeah. that. Yeah. So what other forms of freedom have you felt, kind of either being out here or having this kind of lifestyle or being an entrepreneur? Um, I mean, yeah, just having the time to do whatever I want, you know, and the funnest thing for me is me and Lily, oh, we just caught a fish. <laughs> Good job, Lily. Lily's uh, David's girlfriend. She's, <laughs> she's, she's watching all of our fishing rods as we're doing this podcast, but it's interesting because me and Johnny are both distracted. We keep looking at the fishing rods <laughs> and then uh, we had a bite and Lily really didn't know it. Yeah, we caught a white, a white snapper. Nice. Oh, well, actually, so pounds. what's super cool is we caught a few uh, before this episode where... I said, I said to Dave, I said, hey, we're not going to eat until we catch our own food. <laughs> so, you know, we spent about an hour and we, we caught uh, we caught a bunch of them, but some of them are too small, so we threw them back. Uh, but we had two, like, good-sized white snappers, and we had them cook it up straight away. So, like, from the lake to the restaurant is, like, 10 feet away. <laughs> yeah, the, the restaurant is on the lake, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys cooked it up Thai style for us. Yeah, one with like fried with garlic, one with like a... Garlic and chili. Like a, yeah, like a sweet chili sauce. And it was so freaking amazingly good. And this is, you know, just a relaxing Sunday. The weather's good. Um, I would say that's another part of freedom is being able to leave when it's cold or when the, the weather is crappy right yep you know a lot of people are tied into their to wherever they live and they have to kind of just bear through it yep that's why that's why we left to thailand because it was getting a little cold in uh, california where we're at 
But uh, the biggest freedom factor for me is, uh, you know, being over here for 35 days. And it's cool because we don't have a, an agenda or a set schedule to do anything. We just pretty much wake up every single day and go, all right, what do we want to do? You know, versus, oh, this is something that we have to do, you know. So every every single day, literally, we, 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 we don't have a plan. We just go throughout the day and just do something fun or look for something that we're interested in. And we just do it. That's it. You know, so what is freaking insane is uh, the coworking space here is called Cohub. They have a private members group for for people who are members, and you can post up you know events. Say, hey, uh, this weekend I'm thinking about going you know fishing or scuba diving, or whatever. Does anyone want to come? And usually people just do it for like dinners or for drinks or whatever. And David was like, hey, you know, uh, these are the things I'm doing you know with Lily the next seven days. If anyone wants to come, and you started listing out just like activities day after day after do you remember what was on there uh yeah kind of you know i i, I, did, I only did it because you know it's fun to have more people you know the more the merrier and i, I like the the, the co-op group the digital nomads they're all entrepreneurs so it's it's fun hanging out with like-minded people for sure you know but i mean we've done so many different things we uh, went island hopping we went to korok uh went diving at koha went diving at kobita saw some cool uh, leopard sharks some black tip sharks that was such a cool experience I went fishing with you on that 60-foot yacht boat that we accidentally hired. <laughs> that was pretty fun, you know. And then um, we went to Kongai. We went to so many different islands, you know. And went to the PP Islands. Um, what else did we do? We went to the caves. Uh, that was a really cool experience. Saw some bats. And um, went hiking. We, we took, I think, six or seven hours and spread across two days and just drove around the whole entire island on our motorbikes. We literally went down every single road. And just stop by at any place we wanted to, eat lunch, have dessert, eat dinner. And it was just, it was just so cool, you know. And that was just, that's just the gist of it. We've done so many different things. Uh, then what else? What else have we done? Uh, you know, I'm trying to look at your. I, I think I just pulled it up right here. It says, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, we got, we just got another fish. <laughs> yeah, good job, Lily. <laughs> here is our adventure schedule this week and approximate <laughs> prices. Uh, the more the merrier, and the price is uh, efficient certain activities can be done with a bigger group discount so tuesday motorbike tour the whole island of Konanta and fishing uh wednesday private trip to the emerald cave oh yeah that's my Komuk, favorite place which is such a beautiful place i went there twice uh, the first time i went there it was just so beautiful you swim through like a cave and you're oh, no, in- right, let me tell everyone the story oh, okay, first, okay? <laughs> so have you ever seen photos of thailand You'll see uh, in some of the bays and some of the oceans, you'll have these rock mountains, yep. right? There they're, you go. And people call them islands, but you can't really go on. They're just rocks. Cliffs, yeah. Right? Rocks. And they're beautiful. They're tall. And most of them, or 99.9% of them, they're just that. They're just a big rock. But there's one uh, called the Emerald Cave or Komuk. That one has a secret entrance that pirates discovered hundreds of years oh, ago and they would that. use that to hide their treasure oh i didn't even know that really yeah Holy because crap. from outside it just looks like another rock <clears throat> right but during low tide and this is why uh, the captains can only take you there during certain times yep during low tide there's enough room and enough air where you can like swim through the dark yep for like 15 minutes it's just, like a 150 meters yeah, yeah. And you have to have paddle. like a waterproof flashlight uh and you just swim through in the pitch black yep. complete darkness in like Maybe 20 meters of water. Yeah. It's pretty deep, you know. And all of a sudden, you start seeing some light at the end of the yep. tunnel. And you swim towards You swim, you swim. And as you get closer, you see there is a white sand beach in the middle of this rock face. And 
it's a lagoon. Yep. And you swim into it. And if you're lucky, if you're there early, there's nobody there and it's secluded and it's just this lush, beautiful white beach with, you know, with palm trees uh, and, the, and and you're completely enclosed in rock. So like all around you, 360 degrees is just rock. Yep. And there's a, there's a little jungle there too. So it's really foresty. And then you look up, it's just a big hole. So if you can imagine like a, you know, that island rock, there's like a hole in the middle of it, you know, and that's what you're looking out of. And it's just so beautiful. And my, our first time there, <clears throat> we didn't know what to expect. So we got there, I think, like at 1 or 2 o'clock. And there must, be, this, there must have been like at least 200 people there. It's very touristy. So it was very crowded. And, you know, we, we got some re- really great footage. But there was always people in the footage. And, you know, I, I'm into like, we cool. I got to take this one. I got to fish. <laughs> <laughs> so this place is like a must-do if you come to Thailand just because it's so incredible. And I'm going to kind of go down the list. So on thir- the next day, Thursday, there was a private day trip to the Koh Taobang Sea Caves. I, I actually haven't even been there yet. Uh, Friday, cool rock snorkeling. Saturday, dirt bike riding all over Atlanta. And that I actually did go on. Uh, unfortunately, I was actually working Monday through Friday when David was doing all this crazy stuff. But dirt biking was incredible. I'm back. Sorry. Uh, yes, that was that was a co- one of the coolest experiences here on the island for sure because that was my first time dirt bike riding. Was that your first time too, Johnny? Dirt bike, it was dirt my bike first. Riding? I would say it was, that was definitely like my first extreme uh, case. I think I've like kind of ridden one through like a okay. really easy pass before. But that was crazy. But that, that, that was, was epic for us. You know, I mean, we got to ride through like jungles, dirt roads. We're like zipping up and down. I mean, all over the island. And my favorite part was we get to this beach on the north side of the island and we're just zipping through the beach and there's not a single person there. It's this massive white sand beach that you just fly as fast <laughs> as you want on these dirt bikes. And there's nothing there. There's no one there. And the only rule is, he said, don't bring the bikes into the water. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we hung out there and you're just zipping up and down yeah. for like an hour. But my favorite part was go through the jungle. And, you know, because you're just like riding like full speed on these giant, you know, dirt bikes. You know, some of these are 250cc dirt bikes. And you're just flying through, going super fast and just bumps. Bumps. And, yep. oh. and, it was in, and we had, you know, we didn't like, we had helmets on. We had a little bit of gear. We had long sleeve, everything. But... Man, it was scary. Yeah, it was. It, it, there were some sketchy moments, you know. And I think yeah. I think uh, you took a spill. I took a spill. <laughs> we de- we definitely uh, took a couple of spills. Yeah. We, we had no casualties, no injuries. We made it out okay, and it was. We had a blast. I think that 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 experience definitely gave the boys, me, you, Max, Ian, like some kind of a special bond with each other. You know, something we'll always always remember. one hundred percent. And I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make a post on JohnnyFD.com called "Things to Do in Colanta." Nice. And I'm gonna have. I'm going to embed all the videos, uh, especially the ones that, da- that David's been making, uh, of all these activities, the dirt bike riding, um, we went horseback riding. Uh, I'll, I'll embed some of the some of the cool ones too, like scuba diving, all this stuff. And I want you guys to remember, this is all within the last month. Yep. I mean, you've done like crazy stuff. I think I've tapped out this island. Like there's, <laughs> there's nothing else we can do on this island. I think we've gone everywhere. Pretty much done every activity you can imagine, um, and um, the only thing we haven't done is just eaten at all the restaurants. But that will take too much time, you know. But, but yeah, we've done all, everything. We were eating at all the best restaurants. Yeah, the best restaurants. And then what? What else? We went to Al Nain for for four days, and we did that that fishing resort thing. And uh, yeah, we just had a blast, man. This has been one of the best vacations I've I've been on, man. You know. I guess. So what, what do you think of Thailand as a whole? I love Thailand. I really, really enjoy Thailand. I love the whole. There's, there's not. I can't. Th- I really can't think of anything I don't like about it. Seriously, you know, 
I mean, the people, the culture here, they're just so nice and so calm and so mellow and really honest people. I mean, I can't tell you guys how many times I've forgotten my wallet or my camera. Uh, definitely four or five times. And every single time, people will chase me down and say, hey, did you forget something? I'm like, oh, crap, I did, you know? So I love the people. I love the freaking food. And, you know, if you do get bored of Thai food, there's plenty of other options out there. Uh, the weather is always awesome, you know, and it's just... Man, I love. I want to move here. <laughs> so you, uh, I, I have a feeling you're definitely going to be back. <laughs> I, I see why you've been here for eight years, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, it's such an amazing place. So I want to do a little caveat out there, a little warning to everyone is the reason why the people are so nice and so um, honest is yeah. because we are going to places like Colanta that it's people are still super nice. Uh, unfortunately, in a lot of places like Phuket or in mm. Bangkok, some Bangkok or like. Patio or some of these other places, Kosamoy, people are no longer nice, and it, it's so unfortunate because the the nature of Thai people are, is they is are. so nice. Yeah. You know, like they are like the nicest, most honest people. So the fact that people can turn and let greed or money yeah. kind of corrupt them, it's so sad to me. You know, but partially it's the tourist's fault too. It's I would say it's it's both sides. You know, um, one of you know one of the parts of it, and the reason why it happens is. You know, tourists. You know, they some some of them are super rude. You know, or they think that just because they have money that they can kind of treat people like crap. Right. You know, uh, they're not like polite back because the Thai culture is super polite. Yep. And you know, if you're not super polite back, they're they're okay with that. But if you're rude to them, you know, like it really it's insulting. You know. Yeah. And um, you know, people get super drunk and st- you know start acting like assholes and. When people do that over and over, and there's like hundreds of thousands of tourists do that all the time, people kind of stop caring. They're gonna They're like, break. Just yeah. give me the money, yeah. you know. They're gonna break. And that's that's what, like what is so sad to me about like certain parts. Whoa, whoa, fish! Sorry. But the nice thing is, like there are still great places uh, like Kolanta, like Chiang Mai, that I encourage everyone to to come to. And David's been having the worst luck right now because. <laughs> Yeah, every time he jumps up, <laughs> like the, there's like a, a there's like a bite on the line, and every single time it just he just loses it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm trying hard, man. Well, I'm, I'm I'm watching these rods, and Lily's on patrol on the, these other rods. So maybe it's the podcast gods. I don't know, like, bro. <laughs> it's all like, good. We, we need you. They're like everyone listening to this is like. That was cool for like the first five minutes, but <laughs> we can't see the fish. It's, We're not distract- <laughs> it's distracting. Yeah. Stop it, David. <laughs> but you know what? Part of it is actually that I, I almost feel like that uh, that focus that you have is what makes you good at business. I, I, I agree. It definitely is one of my attributing factors to my success, you know, is, uh, and I, I, I relate to, you know, growing up, I was really big in sports and I was really big on video games. Those two things. That's it. So I always had... I was very competitive, you know, and I was always hyper-focused to wherever I wanted to do. And I love being an entrepreneur and I love business because it's the ultimate sport. You know, it's, it's, it's 365 by 24 by seven days a week and the whole world's trying to kick your ass. So that's the only option you have. You got to win, you know, and uh, it's, it's fun for me. But yeah, definitely being focused is definitely one, one of the things I would attribute my, my success to for sure. Yeah. So for people that don't have that, that focus, do you think that business is just not for them? Or do you think they just need to find like their passion? It's, it's more like, gosh, you know, that's one thing is like, can you uh, focus is so important to being su- successful as an entrepreneur. So it's like if people don't have that focus, can they be successful at being an entrepreneur? 
or or owning a business? I almost want to say no, you know. So how? So the question is, how do people get that focus? You can't teach that. That's shit that you you just can't teach. You know, you either have it or you don't. You know, and if you don't have it, you got to figure out a way to to get it by finding out what your why is first of all. You know, finding out what makes you cry, finding out what motivates you, whether it's wanting to help your parents. Um, you know, maybe put your kids in a better situation. Just find that internal drive, that that candle that's just burning on the inside, that will just get you focused. You know, so for sure. So even if it's not for you, even if it's not for the money, maybe it's something else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I believe everyone has the ability to get that focus. You know, or or somehow just you know build it up like a fire and make it happen. I think it's it's within everybody, for sure. You know. You know, I used to really suffer from from focus <laughs> issues, and. I, I was always kind of lazy. I've always kind of been the, the king of the 80-20 rule, oh. you know, which I think has benefited me a lot because I'll figure out ways to, to do things or kind of shortcuts. Uh, but what, la- you know, what I was lacking was that hard, that hard work, that dedication, that focus. But now I think I have it, you know, especially when I'm like doing something I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Like before I can, you know, I'm, I'm, when I'm at my corporate job, if I was there for eight hours, I was oh. probably working for like two. <laughs> yeah. And that is everyone, you know? Right, yeah. because you don't really care. <clears throat> uh, I think now that I'm actually doing something for myself, now that um, it's like, you know, I'm working on a bigger picture and I have other goals besides money. So I, I do have monetary goals. You know, there's things I want to buy or experiences I want, you know, no, hit, figures I want to hit. But I think for me, what I found was not what I wanted, it's what I didn't want. Hmm. And I never want to go back to a normal job. I never want to work for someone else again. I never want to be broke again. I never want to be shackled. And that drives me so much. My like hatred of being shackled or being broke is so strong that it motivates me to be successful. Yeah, I'm the same way too, man. That was big for me, you know. Uh, My last jobs, I just hated having, you know, like someone with a thumb over your head telling you, when you can take a break, when you can take your lunch, how many hours you can work. You know, it's complete BS, man. Especially when it's some idiot that the way <laughs> yeah. that they're doing it isn't, it's just a waste of time. You know, and I remember even being 17 at a job asking my boss, why are we doing it this way? You know, why don't we do it this other way to be more productive? Uh, you know, you probably, you know, you probably make the company more money, it'd be less wasteful. And they're just like, no, that's just the way it is. Yep. Stupid. And that would drive me freaking crazy, you know? And I think that's the main reason why I can't work for anyone else. You know, and that's also probably what makes me a good entrepreneur is finding those, you know, those ways to do things better and then not having to answer to anyone. Just say, okay, I'm going to do it this way. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. I agree with that. No, it's, it's funny now, too, because I'm in a position where now I have a lot of employees, you know? <clears throat> and I remember my experiences at working a job and I never want to put my employees. So I'm actually glad I went through the same thing that you went through. And I never want to put my employees through that, uh, through, through any of those situations. You know, like I make it a goal, like whatever company or whatever business I'm building on, whoever I hire will never go through something like that, you know? And in fact, anytime I hire someone new, I let them know like, look, um, you're going to be working a job for me, but understand you're going to get an entrepreneurship education all day long, you know? And it's cool because everyone that's worked for me, they, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good feeling to know that they all love working for me. You know, they really, really do. And, um, it's great because I teach them, you know, how to be an entrepreneur and I don't just keep them shackled to a nine to five and what they want to do. Actually, everyone that works for me, they're, it's almost like freelance work. They work their own hours. They put in, they make as much or as little as they want. And that's, that's how it works. So it's really cool. 
So, out of curiosity, so how many businesses do you have and how many employees do you have? So, I have uh, a course and have someone help me out with that. Um, at least uh, about 16 about sixteen or to 20 people. And again, a lot of them are just freelance workers, you know? So, they like, work like, whenever What are they want. some of the type of jobs they have? So, with my vacation rental business, we have our maids, you know, and we have, you know, maids for, for, for each of our properties. Um, we also have interior designers that come up and help us set up those properties. And then for my e-commerce business, I have a moderator that helps me with that. Uh, no, sorry, for the uh, um, the Udemy courses, I have a moderator for that. For the e-commerce business, I have VAs that list products, does customer service. I have a, a store manager that watches over them, you know. And then I just started uh, doing a lot of uh, video creation uh, for, for vlogs for my own personal hobby and then for uh, also making courses. Um, I have a video editor there, you know. And then... Um, yeah, and then besides that, I have a, a multiple, multiple business partners that helps me with a lot of stuff, too. Okay. So, you know, having a team is, is everything, man. you got to have a team. You cannot do everything by yourself. It's absolutely impossible, you know? Can, can you share how you found <clears throat> these teammates? You know, um, <clears throat> for my business partners, obviously, they're, I only do business with people I like and trust. So, you know, they're my friends. Um, but everyone else is uh, either through uh, Upwork.com for my VAs overseas uh, or just uh, posting ads online and looking for the right talent. And I'll go through 50 applications, sometimes even 100 applications, and um, narrow down to maybe five or six that I like and then do a phone interview with them. And then I'll give them a, you know, a test hire, let them work for a few days, and if I really like them, they're on board, and, and it, it pretty much works out that way. But, yeah, I just do it everything online. I always look for people online. I like that. That's really yeah. cool. So uh, I put up a post um, – <laughs> So th- this is how crazy this uh, David is. He st- he still doesn't even have a website. <laughs> so he has all these <laughs> he has all these businesses, and he's this online entrepreneur. But there's not like I don't know. Do you do you even own David? It's, 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 no, I don't. It's funny. I, I, I've never really you know I didn't even know really what a digital nomad was until I read the Four Hour Work Week, and then I still even understand what it was until like I kind of put myself in that environment. I never really considered myself an on quote unquote online entrepreneur or any of that stuff. You know, so that's why I never really cared to. You know, have a blog or have my own website or anything like that. I just make money, and if it's on, <clears throat> if it's online, cool. If it's offline, cool too. You know, I, I believe you know you should be a balance of both having online income and offline income. But no, I don't have my own website or anything like that yet. I'm working on it. So what I did uh, was I posted on JohnnyFD.com, uh, David, like a basically a David Vu income report because oh, yeah, January because uh, he shared on his um, on his YouTube channel, uh, you know. Very detailed, like a very detailed breakdown of everything that he was making and what he was up to. But if you were not already a member of his course, you wouldn't be able to find it because how, how else would people find you? I guess they randomly stumbled upon right. it, but it was like it wasn't like easy for other people to find you. Right. Uh, so, what made you decide to start doing these income reports? Uh, well, I was really inspired, first of all, with, uh, you know, Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income. And then um, I was like, oh, man, that's, that's really cool that he's doing that. Good for Pat. Awesome, you know. But I didn't personally know Pat, you know, and I've, I've just, you know, checked out a couple of his podcasts and hear him here and there. And then I met him at the, uh, the conference uh, in Texas at the Freedom Fastlane event. And that was really cool. And then I started seeing you do it, really. That's what really kind of triggered my inspiration to, to get the ball rolling and doing it, too. And I'm like, that's so cool. You know? And I really thought to myself, like, man, it's crazy because people see all the success I have now and I have a lot of friends that, man, David, you're, you made it. You're doing so great, you know. And they think, like, it was, like, overnight success or maybe this was given to me or, you know, that. And I wish, like, no, man, I wish I would have done this sooner and documented it sooner. You know, and I, I was looking back at Pat's and I saw yours and, like, 
that would have been so cool. I was documenting, you know, four or five years ago when I made my first thousand bucks, you know, and then I made two thousand, and then I made five thousand, and I made my first ten grand. I wish I would have documented all that for for my personal reasons and also to share with the world to let them know, like, look, it's not easy, for sure, you know. But if you put in the work ethic and you just get it done, you can do it, you know. And to document that whole journey is really cool. But now that I'm doing it, it's just, oh, cool, I made X amount of dollars and. I made it, you know, but I wish I would have done it sooner. But, yeah, it's better late than never, you know. So that's what really triggered yeah, me to do it. I, I definitely agree. And, and your income reports are, are a couple months back still, right? Like, what's yeah. your latest one? The latest one was January. I still need to do February, and I've been in Thailand for the whole month. So, so I'm, like, two months behind. Okay. <laughs> so I got to do that right when I get back. <laughs> but, but you're still planning on keeping them up every Yeah, month. yeah. Okay. I want to do it every month. Yeah, I want to okay. just document it for, you know, for the next couple of years or however long I, I feel I, I want to do it, you know. It's, it's fun. So, so I can look back, yeah. you know. It's, it's good to be able to look back and go, Wow, that's what you did during that time, and that's how much you made. It's really cool. You know? Any idea how much money you made this month while you were here? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's funny because uh, last night was the first time I was trying to get a hold of my accountant, you know, because they've been emailing me for the last two weeks <laughs> saying, hey, there's some new charges that we've seen that we don't know what they're for. <laughs> so, 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 so I barely just started getting back to them. The, the, last night <laughs> I was emailing him back and, 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 and talking to him and stuff so not yet so they're still ac- they're still um, making the reports and adding everything up so but because these are your, these are hands off businesses that are run pretty much passively now yeah, yeah. you know with employees or just because they're set up kind of like you have a lot of automation as well yeah automation uh, is big for me yeah are, are you pretty confident that you're still making the same amount of money while you've been away from your laptop? I know I made more because uh, I checked my the, – the chunk of my money comes from e-commerce and online courses. Um, with the online course, I was able to log in and see how much I made, so that was, that was pretty easy. And the e-commerce, I kind of have a general idea by the gauge. I mean, I, I do keep my finger on the pulse and see how fast we're going, how slow we're going. So I kind of see – you know, it takes me like a minute a day to check my reports, but uh, we are getting a lot of sales, so I believe we're making more okay. this month than last month, but I don't so know how much more, but we'll of, find out. Out of just like a, like a guest, right? How much was this total cost of this trip, including your your flight ticket, the hotels, eating out, all these these third like basically activities every single day? How much do you think you spent this month? I think at least six grand. Okay, and how much do you think you made this month? At least thirty. That's insane. Because you, you've been on vacation, yeah. and I know you <laughs> haven't done any work. <laughs> well, last night, I was checking emails and, and doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, maybe like two or three hours this whole month. I know it's not, not much, but it's... So know. David signed up for the co-working space, and he, <laughs> he literally came in like three times. And every time he came in, he was just like editing fun videos from like the fishing trip, the, the scuba diving videos. He didn't work at all. And the fact that you, you couldn't have your business set up where not only did it pay for your entire vacation right which most people would be happy with like j- just there you know if, yeah. if i told you know if most people listen to this if i said to you hey why don't you come to thailand and just do whatever you want you know stay wherever you want eat whatever you want you know do whatever whatever activities you want and they're all free because you're gonna make enough money to cover it right. people would be so yeah. ecstatic yeah i definitely agree you know but the fact that you can also bank twenty four thousand dollars on top of that while doing this it's almost kind of like it's insane. It's the word I would describe is it's the most liberating feeling you can possibly have. You know, not not being shackled, not having to worry about money, not having the money monkey on your back, and not having to worry about not having time. I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely a liberating feeling, and I feel I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. Sometimes I really do. I'm very very blessed and and, and very very happy. You know, for sure. But you definitely worked for it. Yeah, and then you know I always put myself back that yes I worked for it, I earned it you know but at the same time the only re- the reason why I only do one month max two month splurges like this is because 
I don't want to be comfortable like this all the time. I love being an entrepreneur. I love the hustle. I love the grind. Um, I will never fully retire. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a, that's a good one. Sorry, Lily just should caught we, another should fish. We cook that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a big one. Nice. So Lily just caught a big fish. So it kind of distract us a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love the hustle. I love the grind. I love the entrepreneurship uh, aspect of it. And uh, I see myself working for the rest of my life. You know, like I never see myself retiring and then just going fishing every single day until I die. No. Um, but yeah, I do, I do see myself uh, working forever. Well, our very last episode, I think it was 109, it was called Retirement Isn't Real. You know, and it was with a, a digital management, <coughs> Dan Bell, who is 55. Wow. And he was, and it was cool because, you know, most of the people we meet are much younger. They're our age right. or younger. And he was saying that, you know, like, it's it just not really possible. Because, like, what do you do? Like, you just do nothing all day? You, you just get bored, bro. Like, yeah. go golfing and fishing all fish, day? Buddy. Sounds- go grab it. Oh, oh, that one's yours. I see the fish on it, too. That's definitely David's fish. And he is, David has, oh, he's reeling it in. He's reeling it in. It's fighting. It's fighting. Oh, it's jumping. Oh, I wish you guys can see this. This is so cool. So, David is reeling in his very first fish of this podcast. Wow. This is so cool. You know, what? I'm gonna take a photo of it right now. I'm gonna post it on the on the show notes so you guys can see it. So this is what we were doing. All right, David, smile. Hold on, hold it up. Hey, Lily. Actually, hold on. I'll just take a selfie. So I'm gonna take a selfie of me on the podcast with David holding a fish in the background. You got it. Hold on. Oh, my fingers in the way. Lily, you're gonna have to take this for me. Lily, can you take a picture for us? So everyone that's watching this at home, you guys can see this photo of me on my on the mic with um, <laughs> David in the background while we are fishing, hanging out, and talking about what freedom is. And I want everyone to start thinking right now about what your idea of freedom is. You know, because your you know your idea of freedom might be a little bit different from ours. You know, your idea of freedom might be that you want to just hibernate. Thank you, Lily. Uh, for two months at a time and you're like, you know what? I want to be able to do nothing. I, you know, I really do want to fish for two months at a time. I don't want to work at all. I don't even want to be my laptop. Right. Congrats on the fish, David. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> we're, we're having so much fun here, you guys. You got to come to Thailand and come fishing. And if you do and I'm here, come fishing with me. Come fishing with Johnny. It's a blast. So... Uh, you meet up some of your students pretty often, right? Yeah, you know, I started doing that more because um, I, I love the online aspect of the course and stuff and, you know, seeing all these people sign up and having success. But at the same time, I don't like it, you know, because it's just uh, dialogue and text. And I don't I, I, I like the human interaction. I mean, as, you, as you're in, I'm more of an extrovert, you know, so I, I draw a lot of energy from other people. So um, I, I like to take more uh, of the online stuff offline. So I love meeting people in person. I love meeting them face to face. I love hearing their story. It just motivates me. It's what drives me. So absolutely, like everywhere I travel, I try to put put up something on my uh, on my course. And uh, if the students are around, I, lo- I definitely love to meet them, 100%. I like it. Yeah, and I really enjoy meeting people as well, uh, especially people who have like interacted for a while. So if I've never heard of you and you've never messaged me or commented on anything before, and you just kind of randomly message me saying, "Hey, do you want to you know do this?" You know, and if I'm busy that day, I probably won't do it. Right, you know? right, right. But if you have like even commented or like you know you've shared your your struggles with me, if you have like a progress thread in one of the forums or you ask questions, you know, and I know who you are, I'm always happy to grab lunch. You know, uh, and I would say, you know, and but in general, just come anyways, because even if like 
you know, you're always going to meet other digital nomads. And what I've been trying to do, and I, uh, for a while, to be honest, I was like so busy with my own projects that I didn't want to get interrupted while I'm working. So I was like a little bit short. But what I do now is I arrange at least once a week some kind of digital nomad meetup, whether it's a dinner nice. or a coffee meetup or something. And then I just tell people, I'm like, you know, you know, if I meet them in person for five minutes, I'll say, hey, if you want to hang out longer, let's let's meet up on this day, right. this time. Yeah, totally. I definitely, definitely love meeting new people. I like it. So this is this is almost it, man. Like when you're heading back, when today's actually my last day here in Colanta, uh, and uh, we're heading back to uh, Krabi tomorrow. Taking the flight from Krabi to Bangkok, spending one day in Bangkok, and then flying home. So we got two days left, and it's uh. Gosh, it's one of those like bittersweet feelings. Like you know, it feels so good to be here, but at the same time, I'm a little sad to leave. You know, because this is, I feel like it's almost almost my second home because we've been here for so long. You know, like gotten to know so many people, made so many friends. You know, and we've gotten really very 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 comfortable here, and it's just so much fun. So definitely coming back. For yeah, sure. I've definitely gotten to know David really well over this last month. Because most people when they come visit, they come visit for like a few days. Right. You know, and it's kind of a rush. But literally, we've been hanging out every day for the last like three weeks. Yep. Yep, doing fun activities or at least getting dinner. Yeah, yeah, and it's insane because if you think about it, like, I, this is really okay. So this trip is the second time I met you. Oh yeah, the ever. first time you met me. Was, the first time California. I met David was yeah uh, in California. It was over Christmas when I went to visit my yeah, parents. And so here, here's the backstory for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, I think it was something like July or something uh, last year, about a year ago. I messaged David saying, uh, hey, you know, why don't you come on the podcast? Had him on the podcast, was kind of cold to him in the beginning, but then kind of opened up and was like, oh, okay, you know, he sounds legit, right? It's but funny because, yeah. like, I, I didn't know, I didn't listen to your podcast, so I, the, I didn't think of you as cold as all. Uh. I just thought, like, you were just, this is how you normally do it. <laughs> like, I just thought this was just a normal podcast. Yeah. You know? like, no, most, I, had no, I had no idea you were being cold to me. Right most of the podcasts were more like this because right. okay. I, like, I do 99% of my podcasts in uh, person. Gotcha. And they're usually, you know, with people I've hung out for yep. with before. Uh, see, so I kind of, it's really laid back. I know okay. who they are. But with you, I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna ask him about all, you know, all the questions. Had no idea. <laughs> and uh, so we did that, and I was like, oh, he's legit. I could tell. So I actually signed up for David's course. I didn't even ask him to hook me up for free. I just signed up. Yeah. I just paid Thanks, money Johnny. for it. Yeah. And I went through it, and I was like, this makes sense. I could, I could see this. Um, I could see this working. Number one. And also, I was really interested in seeing your, like, your videos where you show your stores. So I was like, man, you know, that really shows a lot, you know, especially with like, because people do copy you, right? Yeah, they do all, all the time, even the students. And I tell them yeah. not to, but you, you can't stop it. I think the only reason why it's not as big of a deal with what you're doing is because how many products do you have up? Uh, 25,000. Okay. And, and then how many different uh, niches? Uh, <laughs> I can't even tell like, you, bro. Like at least a dozen. Okay. <laughs> so, so, but like, I mean, like a thousand niches probably, right? Yeah, there's a lot. Okay. A lot, a lot of niches. So... It almost doesn't matter that much because right. it's almost like a, sh a shotgun approach. It's not yep. like you have one niche yep. and like you know one type of product. Uh, but the people that copy you, I bet you they don't do as well as the people. No, who are. they definitely don't. One hundred percent, they don't. Yeah. yeah. What do you think that? What, why do you think they do it? What, what do you think the mentality is? They think that well, obviously because you know they're just. I mean, it's it's. I think they have good intentions first of all because they go, oh wow, David's having success. So if I just literally copy whatever he is posting or his listing, I'll have success too. In theory, you know. But at the same time, they're not really learning because they're not really putting their own creativity and their own, you know, spin to it. You know what I mean? So that's why they don't succeed is because there's, there's, there's no creativity. I can see that. I also see, like, then they don't understand why right. they're doing it. Yep, exactly. So they might miss a step that's vital. 100%. 
yep. that they just skipped because it's like, oh, I don't need to know that because right. I can just copy it. Yep. And I also think that I don't think they have good intentions, to be honest. I think those people have the scarcity mentality where they they really think that it you know only David's successful, no one else is successful, that nobody else can do it, and that if they don't steal a piece of your pie, there are no other pies. Hmm. So I feel like people with you know that straight up just copy the the products. That's the mentality where they, you know, they almost kind of are hoping it's gonna fail, so they can say to themselves and to other people, it didn't work. and say, oh, I co- I copied exactly what David did, it didn't work. That's a valid point, yeah. You know, versus I think the very smart people, and what you said earlier uh, is very true. When people, you know, they model what you're doing and they say, you know what, let me follow David as an example. Let me let me even kind of like look at his stuff as an example, how he does it, and let me do my own version of it like very, very like close of it, but let me have my own uh, market, have, pick my own products, pick my own niches. And that way I have like unlimited potential. I got a cool story for you. So my video editor that I hired, actually uh, he made the promo video for my course, which is really cool. And I, now he works for me full time with the vlogs and everything else that we're doing. But uh, he also became a student of the course and on his, on his like, you know, extra time, he actually started listing some products. And same thing, just what you said. He, I love him. He's he's a perfect example of what you just said. He literally saw everything and learned everything I did and put his own spin to it. And he's a really clever guy because he started paying attention to like movies, like new movies that just came out. You know that new movie Deadpool? So he goes, I'm going to start just like selling some like Deadpool accessories and Deadpool stuff. And man, he's been generating sales every single day. And he made like his first 500 bucks. And he's just so stoked. And I thought to myself, like, that is so clever. See, I don't jump into that niche. I don't do that. But it's great that you learn how to optimize. You learn how to do this. You learn how to do that. And you're doing it your way. You know, it's awesome. Like, that's, that, those, those are my favorite students, 100%. You know, and that's why he's having success. 100%. I like that. Yeah. And congrats to him. Yep. Uh, here, here's what you guys can take away from that, all right? Is instead of you guys saying, oh, well, let me just start selling Deadpool stuff. <laughs> what, you know, what's going to happen is, you, you, first off, you're probably going to be a yeah, few weeks or a few months kind of behind the trend. Someone else is going to have those keywords, uh, you know, kind of ahead of you in line. People are going to have the products listed. They're going to have more of it. They're going to have the reputation, the reviews, all that stuff, right? But what you can do is you can say, you know what? If new movies, new hit movies yeah. work, why don't I keep an eye out for new hit movies and let me jump on whatever the, the latest thing is? Or why just movies? Yeah, the possibilities are endless. Why not? Why not what, what about new albums? Yep. What about new comics? What about new video games? Yep. What about, you know, and there's so, what about, you know, and there's so many possibilities. Yep. And I think now that I have a very abundant mentality, it's, it's so clear to me now. Yeah. But I honestly, I didn't always have that. Yeah. You know, I remember like when I first started my dropshipping store, I was so focused on what niches other people were successful in. And I, mm. every time I would, they would, you know, I would like beg them to tell me and beg them. And when they did tell me, I was so disappointed because I'm like, oh man, there are no other niches out there. That was it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wish I would have thought of that. I Scarcity didn't. Mentality, yeah. I didn't think of it first. I'm too late. I should have, you know, I, I should have done this years ago. That's it. I'm going to give up. I honestly, I had wow. that mentality. And I was so, so grateful that I had friends in my life that would just push me and just said, Other way. just freaking do it. You know? And I also, I had my back against the wall where I was so broke and I was so afraid of going home and having to get a job. Right. That I was like, I just have to do this, you know? Uh, 
and I don't want anyone listening to this be, to be in that situation because it sucks. It does. You know? So yeah. ho- hopefully you can just learn from that and say, well, before you get in that situation, why don't you just do it now? Yeah, I agree. You know, for me, it was different because growing up, I've, I've, I've never really had that scarcity mentality. I've always had the abundance mentality, even when I was broke and my back was against the wall. Because I always looked around and see other successful people and... What motivated me so much was, you know, the stories of when they were broke too, you know, and they, they, they weren't born with the riches either, you know. So I know that if it was possible for them, it was definitely possible for me, you know. So I always knew that there's enough money to go around for everybody. There's enough time, lifestyle, freedom to go around for everybody. You just got to get your piece of the pie and put in the work to get it. That's yeah. it, you know. But yeah. I almost think of it as like there's not just one pie they got to get a piece of. Yeah. I almost feel like there's infinite pies. Yes. Yeah. And everyone can have their own pie. Yeah. And it could be... You know, raspberry or <laughs> huckleberry. You know, you can have your own different. Get me hungry, man. Give <laughs> <laughs> me some pies. Well, that's where we're gonna have such a good dinner tonight. But it's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, okay. So the main thing that I'll, I've taken away from you, David. So here are my lessons that I've learned from you, David. And I want to thank you for this. All right. Aww. Number one is that pretty much everything works. Before I met you, I honestly was so skeptical with most online businesses. And honestly, I was the type of person where I was like, you know what? The only thing that's ever worked for me was dropshipping. Right? The normal like Anton's method of dropshipping. That was the only thing that ever worked for me because that was the only thing I really committed to. To be fair, that was the only course I've ever taken. And in my mind, I was like, everything else does not work. Ah. And I, I would read and I would you know, I would read stuff on Reddit or on forums and Warrior Forum, on these bullshit places where it's filled with people who haven't tried or haven't really dedicated and they're just complaining about stuff right. about their lives. I, so I would read all these things and people would say eBay, uh, selling on eBay doesn't work anymore. Right. Uh, you know, Amazon arbitrage doesn't work or you can't do this, you can't do that. And I used to honestly believe them. I used to be like, you know what? All those things don't work, you know? Um, or the, I would hear all the negatives. Even it's like selling on Amazon, FBA, whatever it is. Right, I, right, I would right. honestly think like, you know, all that stuff doesn't work. You know, and I thought I was just so lucky that I found the one thing that does mm. work. But after meeting you and after meeting your students, you know, and after recommending your course to other people who have also done it and been successful, I realized it's like, you know what? This also works. You know, and this was one of those things that I thought would work the least, to be honest. You know, the concept of s- listing stuff from like Home Depot and like Walmart and other stores on eBay for, you know, more money that you could just buy it from Home Depot to me sounded retarded. I was like, I was like, that sounds like a like, that sounds stupid. Why would anyone do that? Right. And if if it wasn't you know having uh, you on the show and having you answer all those hard questions, so if anyone isn't really aware of what we're talking about, go listen to the episode. It's eighty two, you know. Or if they haven't been through your course, you know, they would also probably think like, oh yeah, like that, that stuff doesn't work. And, you, and I bet you almost, I bet you if you like, if you ask random people who have, haven't done it, they're gonna say, oh yeah, that doesn't work. But if they ask people who have done it, if they join your course and start you know, reading the discussion forums or start just you know, reaching out to people who are in the course already or go to these meetups and they meet 10, 20 people who are you know, making $500, $1,000, dollars a month and they're all like, yeah, it, it, like, it's pretty yep. easy. It, that really opened my mind because now I'm starting to think, you know what? Maybe everything does work. I have, that's the mentality I have, you know, and it, you got to think about this too. I mean, everything in life is like that, right? You you talk to a person that's not fit who went to the gym and tried the gym and ask him, hey, did the gym work for you? He's going to say no, right? But it's not that gyms don't work. It's that people don't work, 
right? You take a look at real estate. It doesn't matter what the economy is. People are always making money in real estate, whether it's a down economy, up economy, a sideways economy. It's just, it's not that real estate doesn't work. It's just that people don't work, you know? You take a look at diets, you know? I mean, it's not, again, it's not that diets don't work. It's, again, people don't work. And by work, you mean put in the work. Yeah, yeah, putting in the work, figuring it out, and, and giving it time, and just really just hustling and making it work for you you know so that's all it is man I, i've come to realize that it's, people people are the biggest factor to making everything work you know and everyone is different everyone comes in with a different skill set and ambition and drive yes i get that but yes everything does work it's just if you're willing to make it work that's it you know you, yeah. you just have to make it work and, and i will say that there are some things that will click with you more that yeah. will be like slightly yeah. easier for you yep. or something that you already yep, kind of understand because maybe you have a background in it yeah. maybe you kind of you know maybe you've bought houses before so you kind of yes. understand real estate maybe you've like grew up kind of you know better with computers so some kind of yes. online business would be better for you but i want everyone to realize this everything out there pretty much everything i can't say everything in the world right but pretty much everything out there does work it just depends how much effort you are willing to put into it, how much money you're willing to put into it and there's a lot of things that i'm not willing to do you know like there are you know there are some businesses i'm not willing to put the money in or the time in to do but now i i know it works yeah so some, someone else especially if someone else has done it and made it work someone else has done you it. cannot make any excuses that it doesn't work a hundred percent you know yeah like for example Flipping houses, all right? That is not something I want to do. I wouldn't do that either. Yeah. I don't want to put the money into it. I don't want to put the legwork into it or the, or the time. I don't want the, the the risk involved in it. You know, I don't want any of that stuff, nope. right? But people are making millions. People are making it. millions. Yep. So I know it works. Yep. Uh, that's just not something I want to do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so people listening to this, I really want you guys to have this mind shift, mindset shift, right? Next time someone, you, know, you hear of an opportunity, Especially a business opportunity, something yeah. that make you money. Before discounting it. Yeah. All right. Don't say, oh, that doesn't work. Say to yourself, okay, I this probably works. This obviously has worked for other people. There's obviously people making money from this. Is this something that I want to do? And that's 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 all you that's the whole, only shift that you guys need to make. And once you decide, you know what, that is something I want to do, put in the work. Who's that that said, you know, you, you ask better questions, you get better answers, right? So instead of saying, what if it you know, doesn't work, say, what if it works and how can I make it work? You know, those are better questions to ask, 100%. Yeah, so, I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. So, and the second thing, I, you know, I, I learned from you is I love how hands-off you are with your businesses, how, how trusting you are with the employees, you know, how you have so many multiple streams of income that you're able to just, you know, come, you know, come here for three days and just chill out so that is something that i'm going to be focusing more on kind of throughout the year you got to yeah 100 yeah. percent. because that way it'll you know what i learned from the four-hour work week is not just the four-hour work week quote-unquote right but it's the ability to free up your time because once you have more time you create more time for creativity right and it actually when when you can figure out how to create more time for yourself and automate a lot of different things you actually end up making more money because now you can start a second, third, fourth, fifth business and automate that, and your 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 income is exponential at that point. You know, you you absolutely cannot. I mean, for everyone starting out, if you're you know bootstrapping, I mean, I was there too, right? First year, two years, grinding it out, hustling like crazy. I mean, never even thought about hiring anyone. You know, I was the only one because no one could do it better than me. I was a super control freak, right? But if you truly wanted to have the freedom and and make more money and make more, because eventually you're just burn yourself out or you just plateau or cap out to how much you can make anyways. So the only way to get to that next level 
it's absolutely critical. You have to outsource. You have to hire talent. You have to hire the right people. You have to give yourself and free up your time so that way you can be more creative to focus on working on your business rather than working in your business. You know, that's that's the biggest thing I want to give to your, your audience. I like that. Yeah. And inspired by that, I'm... I, I've been putting this off for months and months, but I'm finally ready to to hire awesome. someone. Like, and awesome. I don't I don't want them just to be an intern. I want them to be, I want them to be more of like a partner. You know. Yep, yep. So I'm gonna write this. I'm gonna actually write it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give all the details. So if you guys are on the mailing list, uh, at johnnyfd.com, I'll send out the official you know announcement. But in my mind, I think this Ooh. is what I want to do. I I'm I'm willing to either pay someone and pay for all, <clears throat> all their expenses, you know, being out here in Thailand to help uh, me grow this new project that I have in my mind. And then after, I think what I'll do is I'll pay for them for two or three months. And at the end of the three months, they can either stay on getting paid, you know, just their expenses or they can partner and say, dude, Johnny, like I want, yeah, I want, I want, I want, I want to, you know, I want, uh, I want to be part of this. I really want it, you know, and I don't know why I put this off for so long. I'm sure there's tons of people listening right now who are like, yeah, I want to do that. Bro, that, that is so cool. And I wish you guys could see this. I got goosebumps when Johnny said that. I'm like, man, I, hey, bro, can I work for you? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, that's so cool, man. And it, the best feeling for me is knowing that I'm in that position where I can uh, hire someone and give someone else an opportunity to generate income for them. And it's 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 honestly, uh, uh, what's, what's that feeling I'm looking for, the word I'm looking for? It's not a liberating, but man, it gives me like an obligation feeling almost, you know, where like, man, they're relying me on a paycheck. So I got to make this business succeed, not just for me, but for them too. It's a totally different feeling, man. And it's, it's really cool. You know, then you're stepping into, I think like a bigger role of leadership and all that stuff. So kudos. I'm excited for you, Thank bro, you. man. Anyone listening, make sure I'm not trying to hype this up. That is such a freaking badass opportunity. bro. That so. sounds so cool. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to see who, who jumps on that. Oh yeah, man. I, I think I'm going to get a ton of applicants because you know, there's a lot of people that want to live this lifestyle, but, and they know that there's the great courses out there. They could do stuff on their own, Yeah, you know, but I think it's a, it's a big difference having kind of that mentorship or that guidance, yes, you know? Man. Cause yeah. I mean, obviously I'm going to be just as committed because this is a business that I, you know, I'm willing to put my money and time in to make it work. So right. excited for that. That's super cool, yeah. man. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. That's Thank awesome. You. Awesome. So big things coming. Uh, I'm David. I'm have a safe trip back. I'm sure I'm going to see you again. Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate you, man. And uh, the last month, uh, hanging out with you and having fun, bro. Honestly, I, you're like my, my, my best friend in Thailand, bro. <laughs> I like that. We, we've definitely had a lot of fun, but this isn't goodbye. You know, we'll definitely see each other again. We'll and hang definitely out again. hang out again. <laughs> so if anyone is interested in David's course, uh, you can go to just go to the show notes, uh, travel like a boss podcast.com. Go to the show notes, episode 110, and I'll have links to all his courses there, including his eBay course. Um, and I would love to see everyone succeed. I, mean, I, I really do. So, shout out to everyone listening, and thank you, uh, Lillian, for catching all the fish for us, catching lunch for us. <laughs> <laughs> Fun hang out these last three days, and David. I'll see you somewhere in the world. Yes, sir. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.